by any of the 108 Atlanta-area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all listeners. For those of you brave enough to stick around, enjoy the show. Oh, here I go. But let your players get near me. Holler if you hear me. Oh, here I go. Welcome to the We Still Booze Podcast, brought to you by WideRightNattyLight.com, your one-stop Iowa State online blog shop. Throw me the bootleg and I'm gone. Then I take a few steps and I keep left and the people take a deep breath and I'm up in your end zone. 816 boys, we reppin' connected with Iowa State. Play out a position and it's checkmate if you hesitate. Welcome, Iowa State fans, to another edition of the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast. This is Austin with you again tonight. Uh, we're, we're nearing the time of basketball tournaments, baseball's in the air, and there's one other big thing going on right now, spring football. Uh, we're going to bring in Iowa State's director of football operations here in just a little bit. Uh, Greg Brabenick, did I say that right again? You did. You did. That was perfect. <laughs> Hey, I, I I feel like this is only justice because over here in eastern Iowa, uh, a storm is literally brewing right now. It's, it's the same weather over there in central Iowa. It is. It looks pretty bad out. I got home about an hour or so ago, and I caught. I got right inside before it started to rain. I look outside, and the the TV is going out. So when I know the TV is going out, I know it's going to be pretty bad outside. <laughs> Well, as Cyclone fans, we, we've either grown accustomed that uh, the sirens are going off, we either got to get in the basement, or we gotta we got to get over to Twitter and check to see who the latest commitment is. Uh, it seems like more often than not, it's uh, you guys reeling in a, another big-time commitment. No, for sure. I, I was leaving the office today, and uh, I, I was kind of off campus doing some work, actually, and uh, Coach Campbell called me, and he goes, there's a storm brewing. I'm like, literally, or, or am I gonna, are we going to have a crew? He goes, no, literally. <laughs> So sometimes I get confused on what he means by that. But yeah, we've been we've been kind of plugging along now on this 2018 class, and and got a couple commits already, and, and kind of hope to get a couple more here um, before spring ball is over with, before these coaches get back on the road. But um, we're just out there trying to get some some players in here to get this thing rolling a little bit. Very good. Well, I think I think first where I want to start is I want you to kind of describe a little bit your role. Uh, we hear director of football operations a lot uh, as a member of the staff, but I'm not sure if any any of our listeners really know kind of what you do behind the scenes to, to make this thing go. For sure. And at Iowa State, it's a little bit different than it is, I'm sure, at every other school. They kind of got the director of football operations. But some a little different, and, and mine's unique because I've been with Coach Campbell now. This will be my uh, ninth ninth season upcoming with Coach, and and I'm I'm one of the I might be the youngest guy on our staff, full time staff, and uh I tell people I've been with him for nine years and they kinda wonder, but um being with coach I kinda do a lot of his day to day calendar stuff, kinda keep him in line 
when it comes to where he's got to be and some stuff with he's got so many media requests and what that. Um, I do a lot of that schedule stuff and and um, I oversee our budget, some of our compliance stuff, um, our players, their day to day, whether they got uh, class scheduling conflicts, stuff like that. Um, kind of anything that's not X's and O's. Um, I somehow got my hands in it, whether it's the uniforms we wear that week, what kind of new uniforms, new helmets we're getting. Um, I, I'm kind of the lead on that with Coach Campbell, so I'm kind of um, jack of all trades. And it's hard to put into one sentence what exactly I do. And um, But as, if it's not X and O's on the field, I'm probably involved in it somehow. Well, you mentioned a big buzzword around the Cyclone fan community, and that's the, the un- new uniforms. I know – uh, fans were excited to uh, to see the the different different styles every week. Uh, so, can you give us any any insight as to what we're going to see next year? Anything new? Yeah, and, and I know it's kind of out there already, so I'm not the one breaking this. But next year, we're going to kind of have we're going to have the same uniforms, nothing uh, crazy new or anything like that. But um, 2018 season will be the year we we get a total overhaul with Nike and they've been kind of helping us with that but this year we're definitely going to have some tweaks um I don't want to totally give anything away yet because we're I might get in trouble but we'll, we'll definitely have something new out this year and I think the fans will really like it in a way it's it's a little pathetic but I, I kind of look forward to uh those Fridays or sometimes Saturday mornings whenever you guys are tweeting out the new uniform combo for the week uh gets me kind of jacked up for the game, whether it's the, the grays or just the different combos. It gets gets the fans talking. I think that's probably part of your guys' rationale for doing it is it gets fans talking, recruits talking, and things like that. Would that be accurate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're always trying to stay relevant, and whether it's um, January, February, and we're putting random videos out. I think we got the Psy Life series going out now, and it's just kind of trying to keep the Iowa State football name out there because, uh, I mean, we're getting our basketball teams on TV every single night, it seems like, when they're playing. And so recruits are seeing Iowa State on TV in the winter months, and then when they go on Twitter and they see us popping off with some video or something cool Coach Campbell did or whatnot, that stuff's really important to recruits now, whether it's right or wrong. That's what the recruits really like. And um, obviously the fans really, really like it too. I mean, we get more publicity on some of that kind of stuff than – what actually we're doing on the football field, whether it's wins or losses. So, I mean, always staying relevant with the fans and just giving them more behind-the-scenes stuff on just some personalities and kind of the people that we are, and I think fans really like that. I think the word that would uh, describe everyone's kind of feelings around the program right now, and a lot of it comes from your staff, is energy and just a sense of being energetic, whether you mentioned the videos and uh, the uniforms and all sorts of things like that. There's been kind of a an energy about the program that we haven't haven't seen in a couple of years. So we do appreciate that. With, with that being said, how how close is this staff that came almost entirely over from from Toledo and has a lot of Ohio roots? Yeah, I, I I've never been around many other staffs honestly, so I only know what I know being around this staff. And and if there's a closer staff in the country. I'd be really surprised, honestly. I think we we brought over – I don't even know the number anymore. It's like I think 13, 14 guys from our Toledo staff, which was essentially our entire staff, and I think only about two or three guys stayed back at Toledo. 
And, I mean, if you come into our office any day of the week, someone's kids, I think we have 15 kids on our staff, that 15 kids our staff has all under the age of eight. And it's like a jungle gym up there. And we have staff parties or <laughs> recruits up. I mean, it is literally out of control. It's, it, for me, it's great birth control because I know what I'd be getting into if I had any kids. So, but no, like, I mean, Coach Campbell brings his kids up all the time. Um, Coach Veit, I mean, I, he, his Coach Veit's son, I think, is five or six, and he plays hockey. And me and one of the other coaches are big hockey guys, and we'll, we'll take them up to hockey practice and kind of skate around with them and stuff like that. And just getting to know everyone's families and their kids and all that stuff, and all it's just every, it's the only thing I've known. So it's like it's definitely a second family. And what you guys see through Twitter and stuff like that, joking around with each other, like, we're able to joke around with each other because everyone knows that we really care about each other. Well, almost from afar, it just kind of seems like one big, uh, one big fraternity and you guys are all kind of, you know, one big family and you get along really well. And I think it's helped, uh, helped on the, on the recruiting trail and things like that. But I think the one, one question people have, uh, especially about Matt Campbell is, uh, when does this guy and when does your staff ever sleep? Well, I always try to beat Coach into the office, but if I wanted to beat him in the office, I'd have to get there at like 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. I mean, I get in about 5.15, 5.30 most days, and his car is already in there. And it kind of frustrates me sometimes because I think if I'm ahead of the game a little bit in the morning, I'm going to get in there. And this guy goes nonstop all day. He's in the office. Even on a, on a um, spring ball day like today, he's in there till 6 o'clock, and he's putting in 12, 13 hours just trying to get this thing right, head in the right direction. So, and then he goes home to four kids, eight, six, three, and then a one-year-old. So I don't know how he does it at home. And, and the rest of these guys are the same way. They're all in there, 6 a.m. grinding. They stay 12 hours a day during spring ball. And then they're going home to their little ones too. So I don't know how these guys do it, how they sleep. But I know we probably go through more coffee than anybody else. On the staff, and Coach Campbell doesn't drink coffee. He drinks Spark, that energy stuff, which I think is good for you. But in the amount that he drinks, it can't be good for him. But um, no, we don't need to tell him that, and he just keeps going. But and he doesn't eat, and our staff doesn't eat. So I don't know what what's going on with these guys. But these guys are definitely wired different, and it's just fun to be around because I think the players really feed off of it. Is that uh, is that Sparks? Is that one of those uh, pyramid schemes? Like it works and, and stuff like that. Is is Campbell trying to sell yeah. it out of his out of his trunk in the parking lot? If he did, I'm sure he'd make a lot of money because I think people will go by because <laughs> Campbell. But no, he doesn't. Sell it definitely, it. that advocate stuff, and uh, I think it's one of those pyramid schemes. One of our coaches um, used to sell it, no longer does, and he always bought it from him. So, but if you opened his drawer in his office, it's. I think you literally might have 15 containers in there. One thing you, you brought up earlier was about organizing class schedules with the players and, and that sort of thing. You know, we, we see practices going on in the middle of the day. Um, how how difficult is it to organize all the players on the roster, you know, what, 85 scholarships and then a bunch of yeah. walk-ons, over 100 and some that are practicing. How difficult is that to coordinate class schedules and, are there players that miss time or miss practice or, or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, we definitely have an awesome academic team um, over there at the Hickson Lee building building. We got, um, I, we, we deal with three full-time guys, 
ladies on a regular basis. I know they got a team of a couple more, but I work hand in hand with them, kind of getting these schedules like you say in the afternoon. That's in the fall. We'll go in the afternoon and we tell the players to block off um, basically 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. for football-related activities, and they got the rest of the day to kind of handle any form of academics, whether it's tutor, study tables, or class. And, and every once in a while, you'll run into where a, a senior needs to take a class to graduate and they only offer it at 2 o'clock on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and, and he'll have to miss practice on Wednesdays um, to go to class and we don't practice Monday. And then Fridays is usually a travel or home day, so he gets excused from it anyways. But um, there's a there's times where there's definitely is class conflicts, but for the most part, our academic staff does a really good job. And then in the spring, we tell them to block off 6 a.m. to We try to make them go to 11 a.m., but there's a lot of 11 o'clock class guys, and they got to rush out of there. But um, it's easier said than done for sure. And the summer is no different. they got to go to class in the summer, and they still got to put in the hours in the weight room and, and on the field. But it's one thing that definitely can't do myself, and our academic staff is one of the best in the country, if not the best, in, in helping us out. I saw something related to, to food-related expenses, and Alabama spent – half a million dollars on on feeding their football team last year if you were to if Campbell told you to go out and get a Hickory Park for the team as a spring football surprise what what type of bill would we be looking at to feed hundred some <laughs> football players well, well luckily our there's a lot of people in this part of the state central and central Iowa that love the Cyclones and and always kind of look out for you whether it's because realistically feeding a football team you're going to be a five thousand dollar bill and usually, and usually our guys, um, somewhere between ten to on the high end, eighteen twenty bucks a head for for a player meal um, around there. And with one hundred five five guys on the roster, I mean, on average, you're looking at probably twenty five hundred bucks, um, give or take. Um, I mean, we got great sponsors with with V and Smokey D's and those guys, and kind of we we work stuff out with those to kind of make it work and. Um, kind of keep it relative to what is being spent on campus through meal plan. But saying Alabama spends $500,000 a year doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it, the money and food these days with NCAA regulations being so lax when it comes to that now, um, fueling stations and, and protein bars and all that kind of stuff is all over the place in weight rooms, including ours. And, um, our guys, our guys try to take full advantage of that as much as they can. When you think back to uh, when you when your staff came over in uh, December, uh, about a year and a half or two years ago, what mm-hmm. where 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 are you guys at compared to where you thought you would be at this time? Do you think you're ahead of schedule, behind the schedule, or is this is this right about where it seems? Yeah, I don't know exactly where we would go on that radar. We honestly, we knew coming into here we had a lot of work to do um, just from an outsider's perspective and, and seeing what um, kind of records they had the year and playing them for the past two years. We kind of knew the roster that was here at Iowa State. And, and we also knew that they had some great players like Joel Lanning, Alan Lazar, Jake Campos, um, some of those other guys that we came into and, and kind of had some foundation to build off of. So, um I think we're definitely headed in the right direction. Where we're at on that scale, I don't know. Probably, I mean, I mean, somewhere right on pace where we thought we would be. I think we're definitely um, 
on the right steps to have a, a great season next year and, and kind of hopefully surprise some people outsiders looking in and not so much these Iowa State fans because they kind of know where this program's going and, and we're going to win bowl games and championships here in the sooner rather than later. On in terms of staff and and maybe players, who uh, who's the biggest comedian on the staff and who's the biggest comedian on the on the roster? Biggest comedians on the staff, um, probably Coach Manning, our offensive line coach, and Coach Campbell too. Honestly, those two guys kind of um, give everybody kind of a hard time, joke around, but our whole staff jokes around with each other the most, and and our. Um, the guy in the building that has has the most jokes is our custodial guy Carl, and Carl's been with Iowa State football since before Coach McCartney was, and and he'll go to the lengths of he'll find dead mouse in the mousetrap and put him under somebody's desk or something like that. Carl's out of control, and Coach Campbell's always seemed to egging him on, and Coach Manning. But those two guys probably get after it the most. And when it comes with on the team, the biggest jokesters probably. Um, I mean Jacob Park likes to, is pretty funny with those guys, but some of those that that receiving crew, Keen Butler, he's kind of funny. Plays some jokes on some guys, but I'd say an overall position group that receiving group. Andre Daly last year might have been the funniest. He obviously graduated and was a senior, but Andre was pretty crazy. But the receiving core definitely, I would say as a whole, is the biggest pranksters on the team. So speaking of, of pranks and jokes, what's the what's the story with that? I don't know if it was a Vine or a video that was tweeted out about the manager falling down the staircase, like he was got he got pushed down the staircase or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Actually, I do because that was me that fell down the stairs, and uh, <laughs> I was I was on my phone not paying attention. And if you've been there in our office, we kind of got a winding staircase, and I came down. I was on my phone. And I kind of was rolling down there really quick, fell, and uh, fell probably, it seemed like, 20 feet, man. I, it, it still hurt. It's still cringe when I think about it. And I got up right away, like, in that camera, looked around. No one was around, but Carl, the custodian guy, was down there. He kind of looked. He was, wasn't looking at me. He turned around and saw me. Says, you all right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Walked about 20 more yards into the coach's locker room and collapsed on the couch and I, like, had to get x-rays on my elbow the whole deal. I couldn't move my elbow, couldn't sleep for about two weeks, like, normal. My elbow was swollen, couldn't bend it for a while. And, and it kind of hurt my golf game there a little bit. It kind of took me a little bit <laughs> to get back going. But And Coach Campbell thought it was funny that when Carl went and told him, look at the security cameras, and once it was on security cameras, it was over. So, But when he talked about joking, Coach Campbell was the first one to tweet that out. But uh, I took a lot of crap for that for a while, but – um, no, it. I was in so much pain. It didn't really matter about the jokes. Well, I'm I'm sorry to add insult to injury there. I had, <laughs> I had no idea that was you. And uh, when you when you look at the video, it doesn't even look like it could be real at first. It looks like something that uh, someone had photoshopped or or messed with a little bit. So, uh, sorry <laughs> sorry to bring up the the rough. <laughs> no, I I didn't drop uh, my phone or anything like that. So that's what that's my. If I lose my phone, I'm done because I do a lot of my work on there, and I always have that on me. But if I would have went down with that, then it would have been a bad deal. So the phone stayed intact, didn't fumble it, false security. <laughs> so there are, some of our running backs can use that and kind of use that in their teach tape on how to not fumble the ball. So I'll, I'll tell Coach Lou to put that on his teach tape. 
There you go. Spring football, uh, some some storylines a little bit. Um, Alan Lazard entering his, his last year here at Iowa State. What is what does he mean to the to the team as far as spring ball and, and being a leader? Yeah, I mean, obviously Alan was voted team captain last year almost unanimously as a junior. So he's definitely for sure one of the leaders on the team and and sets a good example for these young guys and kind of how to work. And, and um, Alan's everything you want in a number one receiver. He's big, strong, physical, runs good routes, uh, strong hands, and, and kind of that go-to guy. I think really only last year he had one game where he kind of struggled catching the ball on a big third down or something like that. But for the most part, he's reliable as it comes and, and kind of just – keep progressing because Alan be the first one to tell you that he has, he has some work to do still if he wants to be an elite receiver at the next level um, in the National Football League. And he's grinding every day um, as hard as those other guys. And with the competition we have in that room now with the Keen Butler, um, the new guy we got in from um, junior college, Matt Eaton, um, Jalen Martin registered last year. I mean, Alan's definitely got some competition pushing him to be even better than he was. And I think that's something that this program – is starting to get is competition and and competition is everything um, in Matt Campbell football when it comes to this stuff that is just going to help make everybody better at every position. So Alan Lazard is definitely there and will be a huge piece for our offense come the fall. Well, speaking of another Alan, uh, Chase Allen, uh, I want you to talk a little bit maybe about how hard it was to, to put the red shirt on him last year if it, if it was and then uh, how much of a, a boost he's going to give the, the tight end core this year. Yeah, yeah, and everyone kind of knows Chase's story. He got hurt a little bit right before fall camp, um, so he had to miss about the first week of fall camp, wasn't ready to go. Uh, then he came back, got sick, was out for another week or two, and lost a bunch of weight when he was sick. So that was one of the things we really wanted Chase to do, even prior to getting here, was to gain some weight, get ready to play at the Big 12 football level, and lost all that weight getting sick and finally gets all his weight back week three, four, five in that area kind of starts to get close to a hundred percent. It's probably a hundred percent right around week six, seven or eight. He was ready to go and, and might've been the best receiver on the roster at that time. And obviously you had Sam Harms playing really well and Justin Chandler um, playing good, but we definitely could have used him last year. Definitely could have played, but we probably thought it was in his best interest um, to kind of redshirt him, save his year, and just help him get really healthy, get to the weight that we want him to, um, get bigger, faster, stronger. But it, it was definitely a tough decision that we talked about probably for a couple of weeks in the staff room every week if this was the week that we'd take, play Chase and pull his shirt. And he started to travel with us there um, near the end of the year in case we re- really wanted him to play. But we really just thought it was the best interest for Chase to, to keep that Richard. But that said, he's had a great spring so far and really look forward to having him in the fall healthy, ready to go. And, and he's going to be a name that people really start to talk about here, hopefully in the fall. Maybe you're not at liberty to, to say or give away secrets or anything like that, but uh, the story coming out about Joel Lanning taking some reps at, at linebacker. Should we expect more, more snaps from him at, at quarterback this year or on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, after – three practices so far in the spring of, of him doing a little bit of both so far. It'd be hard to say, honestly, to put a, um, 
number on, on percentage on if he's going to play more offense or defense. But, I mean, Joel's such a good athlete. He's one of the top 11 athletes on our team, and that's why we're trying to find a spot for him where he's going to play a significant amount of snaps, whether it's offense, defense, or both combined. Everyone saw kind of what Joel can do with the ball in his hands there at the end of the season when he kind of put that little package for him together. Um, not really a wildcat package, but something similar to that. Um, and we want to see what he can do on defense. So we're giving him a lot of reps at linebacker this fall or this spring, and, and he's still taking some reps at quarterback kind of just so he doesn't have to be too rusty if we ever need to get back in there or if we have packages for him whatnot. And, and Tom Manning, um, Coach Hoffer, and, and the rest of the offensive staff are really creative when it comes to getting Joel the ball. And, and on defense, you've got Coach White, linebacker, and Coach Haycock, um, find ways to get him on the field. And you'll hear Coach Campbell talk about players' formations, plays all the time. And it's identify your best players, where they're going to play, put them in formations that are going to help them, help them succeed, um, and then run the best plays for them. So whether Joel is the best 11 on offense, he's going to play on offense. And if he's the best 11 on defense, he's going to play on defense. You've got you and I, uh, Iowa, and I believe Akron on the schedule this year. Uh, is there any more plans to create non-conference matchups in in the Ohio area where you guys have been trying to recruit because you're familiar with and things like that? Yeah, and it's kind of unique. Akron is within is a 20 mile radius around Akron. It's probably where the majority of our staff is from over there in Northeast Ohio. Um, Coach Manning's from Youngstown, 15 miles away. Coach Campbell's from Canton, five miles away. I'm from Cleveland, which is about 15 miles north. And the rest of it, I can go on and on with the rest of our staff. So we're kind of excited for that Akron game, honestly. And and I think for a while now our schedule's kind of set um, when it comes to our non-conference opponents in the Big 12. You only get three. And playing that school out east, um, you're going to play them every year. And the 1AA teams, I think we got – Northern Iowa this year and then maybe South Dakota next year or one of those other schools in that in that tough um, OVC conference. So the schedule's kind of set a little bit and we're kind of right now down the road almost to 2023 20, or 24, I think, is kind of where it starts to open up. And, and getting schools in the Midwest um, on the schedule is definitely a huge in recruiting because you can sell to them, hey, you're going to play close to home one time, um, all that stuff. And we use that same thing when we were at Toledo with – when we would schedule Ohio State or, or Michigan and tell a kid that you want to go play in the big house or go play in the horseshoe. And, and now being here at Iowa State, we have the ability to say, hey, you want to come play at the Jack? I mean, that place is awesome, 62000 every single week. Whether we win or lose, they're still showing up, and, and that's just really a testament to those fans. Um, and they're the number one recruiting pitch, but getting games out in Ohio um, selfishly are awesome so we can go back home, but – getting games in the Midwest does help recruiting when we're going to recruit out there. So you're all Ohio boys, if you will. Uh, what's your favorite professional sports team out of the out of the Cleveland group? Diehard Browns fan my whole life. And when they left uh, 95, that was, I was six. And I was kind of like getting started to get going, like really into sports. And then the Indians were kind of rolling. Then. I mean, they made it to the World Series in 95, lost – in the um, playoffs of 96, and we lost in game seven in 97 and then won the division for a couple years after that. So growing up, had season tickets to the Indians games, always going down there with my dad and my brother and my uncle. Um, 
and the Browns kind of when they came back in 99 started like them again. Honestly, I, I love those two teams. And I'm a Cavs fan too. Basketball is not my favorite sport to watch, but um, having the Cavs there with LeBron is definitely fun. But I'd have to probably say the Browns. I know it pains me to say it, but the Indians are a close, close <laughs> second. So those two teams, I won't miss a game. So, so were you guys uh, now the the World Series was during the middle uh, during the middle of football season. So how yeah. much of it were you still able to catch? Yeah, I, I was able to. Obviously, I wasn't going to miss a game. We got, luckily we got TVs in our office, so um, those late night can't hear. They played them so late when they played in Chicago and Cleveland. And we were kind of able to watch them. I think. That was the week. So we played Oklahoma the week where the game seven was and Kansas State the week prior. So um, to, we were home and, and kind of able to catch those games. But I, I didn't miss a game. and I mainly watched all of them from the office. And then when Coach Campbell were, and those rest of those Indians fans were in the uh, staff or defense offense staff rooms, they knew when something good happened because I'd be screaming. And they probably knew when something bad happened too because I was screaming like that too. <laughs> Well, as a Cubs fan, I would uh, I'd sign up. It was it was an unbelievable World Series. I definitely would sign up for for another one, even without knowing what the outcome would be. That was that was a tremendous seven game series. So sign me up for Cubs versus Indians again this year. I'd take it again too. I really want some revenge on those Cubs fans out here moving out here. And when I lived in Toledo, I had to deal with a lot of Tigers fans, and and they always beat us when I was in Toledo. And then I move, and then they. And then they uh, start beating the Tigers, so I don't have anything to rub it in out here, there. And then I come here, and all the Cubs <laughs> fans are going to rub it into me. But it was definitely an awesome series um, from a baseball fan standpoint. And really, the first six games were as fun to watch. And game seven was is even better, except I'd say in the tenth inning. But other than that, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything else. Just two great young teams, and kind of helped put baseball back on the map a little bit. Very good. Well, Greg, we we appreciate you taking the time tonight. I know you said uh, you go by by Skip if some people see you on, on Twitter and or maybe see you around the the football office. But uh, it, it was great chatting with you and kind of getting a little insight into your job. It's very interesting. I know a lot of us listeners out there would, would definitely sign up for it in a heartbeat. Maybe not maybe not the hours that that you guys are putting in, but uh, <laughs> we definitely relish the fact that you're able to. Uh, be around the program and, you know, Division One athletics full-time. So thank you for your time. And also I appreciate it. If you guys ever need anything, please let me know. Absolutely. We'll, we'll take your word on that. Maybe this summer we'll, we'll catch up again as we get closer to uh, fall camp. For sure. All right, very good. That was uh, Greg Brabenick. He is the director of football operations for Iowa State. Came over with Matt Campbell and his staff. Uh, a couple of years ago here as, as they're entering their second season here in Ames. Appreciate him taking the time. As always, this is Austin signing off. Go Cyclones.
Stop by any of the 108 Atlanta-area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming, and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623 18 